and welcome to DaVita Leadership Insights, a podcast for DaVita teammates who want to become a better leader, both personally and professionally. I'm Grace Berman, a senior director with DaVita University. And I'm Doug Miller, a master coach and DaVita University faculty member. Welcome to season 11 of the podcast. Woo! Woo-hoo! And, you know, it's uh, it's a big milestone that we're celebrating here, Grace. We released our 100th episode uh, last season. Whoa, 100, Doug. 100. This this sure has evolved since then, huh? That's a lot of work and a lot of passion and some really great interviews. So if you haven't listened to them, go back and, uh, and to listen to them. And I'm super excited because we have... Um, to kick off our season this uh, this 11th season, uh, we get to chat with Matt Hen. He is a group vice president for Team Avanti, which is the name we give our operating group that spans. Uh, listen to this list, and 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 I'm I'm impressed, Matt. You 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 span a lot. You I don't know how you do it, but New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania six New England states and part of Ohio and West Virginia. Wow, that's 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 a lot. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it is. But that that's that feels gigantic. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Uh, welcome, Matt. Uh, thanks so much. We're so grateful to have you here today. Thanks. It's a pleasure to be here. Excellent. So, Matt, we love talking to you about the topic of managing capacity You've done it in a number of different settings, and I'm always uh, learning from you, and 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 it's always pushing my thinking forward. And uh, and I think that that you have a lot of these skills, and that you share a lot of great advice with the village that a lot of people benefit from. So I'm really thrilled our listeners get to hear your tips and stories today. So let's start out with the word capacity. It's it's such a buzzword in the workplace. How how yeah. do you personally define it? Uh yeah, it's a good question. I think if if I think about it very kind of mathematically, there's a certain amount of time that I have to give to the world, and then there's a certain amount of things the world needs of me. And so to what extent are those two things symmetrical, asymmetrical. So if I have a lot of time and not much to do, arguably I have a ton of capacity to give. And the reverse, as I'm sure is the case with a lot of people, is is I have a certain amount of time and a lot of things to do during that time. And, and for me, it's really, really important to have time and availability for the teams in Avanti and across the village. And so for me, creating capacity is really about being available and accessible to people as they need me and as they need either guidance or support or whatever else. So this is why it's so important to me to make sure I have capacity is it's it's a core tenet of how I think about serving my lane. Yeah, I love that you are talking about it in sort of a way with a formula just to really simplify it, break it down. How do you feel like things get complicated with a like a mathematical formula when it comes to human beings? You know, we're talking about human dynamics here. So is it always that simple where there's an X and a Y? No, uh, it's not. And I'm sure we've all been in this is this place before you can spend an hour on a topic and get nothing done. And you can spend 10 minutes on a topic and get, you know, 20 times the amount that you got done in the hour. And so, you know, it's not as straightforward as a formula. 
Um, especially considering that sometimes if you want to be creative, you need a little bit more unstructured time. You can't say, hey, in the next hour, I'm going to do this very creative thing and be done. Uh, but sometimes with tasks, things like emails, for example, I do dedicate a certain amount of time a day in a very structured way to answer emails that actually goes really well. So the, the nature of the activity, I think, really, really matters when you think about it. And and how do you know, like, when there's when you have that time and if you're um, paying attention, how do you know when it's time to create capacity for yourself or for others? Yeah, I think people can feel it. And it's interesting because we're just getting out of, you know, almost a year and a half of COVID related stuff. Uh, and I was really involved in the COVID effort on top of uh, running Avanti. Uh, and you can just feel, do I feel like, my ability to balance the things that I have to do with the time that I have to dedicate to it is in a stable place that I could continue acting in this way for a long time, or is it not? And so I think I'm really intentional at the end of each week of looking back at my week and looking forward to the next week and saying, is this a sustainable way to run my life or not? And if it's mm -hmm. not, I have to think really hard around what am I doing? Why am I doing it? And are these the things I need to be doing to do the best for myself, my family, and the best for Avanti and the village? And if the answer to that is no more often than it is yes, I really got to rethink what I'm doing. And I imagine most people would too. I like how the first step, Matt, is is identifying <laughs> that, or I guess detecting when your balance is off or your capacity seems a bit off. And that that does right. really seem like... Uh, the simplest thing yet can sometimes be the hardest thing for you to just even yeah. take a step back and acknowledge that it's not it's not the right like you have too many things to do and not enough time or you have a lot of time and you're not maybe utilizing all of that time to the best of your ability right. and so um, I like how you talked about the detection now once you've detected it could you say more about how you move forward from that how do you create capacity for yourself or manage your capacity once yeah. you uh, identify there might be an issue? So I think the first, and I'll double down on the assessment, which is, and, and I've done this multiple times in my life at various stages of my career. I've done this with teams. If you ask people to sit down and generally allocate, you know, just on a piece of paper out of 100% how they think they spend their time, and then you ask them to track their time. And I'm notorious for tracking my time in 15 minute increments and looking at the end of the week, what did I actually spend it on? And my calendar is color coded with all the big work streams. People believe they spend their time in a certain way. And I, as well as many others, oftentimes how I think I spend my time is actually not very well related at all with how I do. And so I think the first thing when... I feel an asymmetry between what I want to give and, and, and what I actually have capacity to give is saying, actually, what am I spending my time on? So that's kind of activity one. And I, I really do track my time very closely. So at the end of the week, I can say, okay, I spent X number of hours answering emails. I spent Y number of hours in meetings about home dialysis. Very important, by the way. And then in, in parallel to that, I say, if I could design my life, if I could clear my calendar, which I've done multiple times in my career, literally cleared everything off of it and started all over again, what would I spend my time on? 
How much time would I spend on my top two or three priorities? And then I lay those two things next to each other. I would spend 30% of my home time on home dialysis, and I actually spent 10% of my time on home dialysis. Why is that? What's getting in the way? And I just kind of get curious about the asymmetry that I see there. And and I think actually that's a really, really important first step because when people feel overwhelmed or like they don't have capacity, a lot of times it's an emotion versus a reality of understanding exactly why. So getting quite tactical about it is important. How would I like to spend my time? How am I spending my time? Where is there asymmetry? And just being present to that kind of dissonance that presents, I think is a super important first step. And I do this probably once a quarter. And every time I do it, I'm really surprised by what I find. I, I love that strategy, Matt. And I love, you know, and I've heard it before and I've, and I'm sitting here with a, I really like that. I should probably do it. And I'm recognizing right. I've had that exact same thought the last time I heard you say these things. So yep. tell us a little bit about how did you, how did you move yourself and what, 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 what's the motivation that yeah. teammates could use to actually do that? Cause it, 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 it sounds really good. And I think a lot of people are saying, wow, I should do that. But then doing it is a whole nother thing. Yeah. I think people do things that they find value and purpose in. And so, you know, I started out as, as a rod in the village and I had 12 FAs that reported into me and about 300 field teammates rolling up. And then I was a division vice president and now I'm a group vice president. And for me, the compelling purpose is there are about 7,100 people that work in Avanti. If I am not predictable, if I don't have time to solve problems, there's a lot of people that can be affected by my lack of availability, lack of capacity, delays in answering emails, dysfunction in, in being predictable. And so I think the best thing that I can do as a leader, as far as structure, is making sure that I am predictable and I am accessible. And there is no way to be predictable and accessible without sitting down and saying, how do I make time to be accessible? And how do I schedule my life so that I am predictable? And so I have seen at various stages in my career, at various places, the impact of leaders who are not predictable and who are not accessible. And it is very, very bad. And so it's a sacred duty to lead a Palmer. I think it is certainly for Avanti. And the way that I can honor a part of that duty is to be predictable and accessible, which I can't do if I don't have my life in order. And so it is so important to me to do that, that I find the time. Because if I don't, I'm going to be a crap leader. And that's not what I want for myself or my lane. I love that articulation of your why, Matt. And I, I think it's, I think that what I would say is it's important for each of us as leaders in this village to do the work like you did to really dig deep and figure out that really core, why would I want to do this and what's right. it's in service to. And, um, and, and wow, what, you know, I can feel the truth of that in you. Um, but I know that like your words won't necessarily work for me or may not work for some right. of our listeners, but they have to figure out their own words um, around what is their duty and and what does that mean to them and and whatnot. Yeah. So um, lo love, love, love that. And these things manifest in different people in different ways. Some people, if they feel like they don't have capacity and they're overwhelmed, they have a hard time sleeping. 
It might affect their ability to be effective father, mother, brother, sister, daughter, friend. And and so capacity and overwhelmedness, which I know is not a word, but whatever, uh, it, it kind of manifests itself in different ways, but it manifests itself, right? The whole concept of lack of capacity and feeling overwhelmed is a problem because of the knock-on effects it has in people's lives. So I think you have to identify what is the knock-on effect? How is this affecting my life? And to be honest, if you can be overwhelmed and it doesn't affect your life, like more power to you, don't change anything. But I, I have yet <laughs> to meet a person that is in that situation, to be honest. Great points, Matt. I think the 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 two pieces that stand out to me, I, I love the conversation about the why. And I, I also think you bring up a great point about leaders having a responsibility not only to themselves and managing themselves uh, for, for their own sake, but also this just responsibility and perhaps an, another layer they need to think through as they consider their why that would motivate them to, to get their capacity in order. I think the second right. thing that really kind of stood out to me too, is the the part about emotions that you mentioned and the fact that not having a good handle on this specific skill, I'll call it a skill, managing your capacity, can have an emotional toll on your life, not only in your, your work situation, but home as well. And it, it bleeds over between both sides. And so there's right. certainly that, that um, kind of reason to really get things into gear. And, and with that, Matt, I'd love to hear a little bit about your experiences with this. And I, I know that uh, perhaps you weren't always very, like, super mindful. You seem super mindful right now about your capacity and how yeah. to manage it well. I'm imagining at some point in your life, perhaps, you may not have always been, and you might have been over capacity and you were struggling with it. Could you take us into one of those stories? How... How did you know you were over capacity or struggling with capacity? And how did you pull yourself and others through that? When I first started as a rod and, you know, it was the favorite job I've ever had. It's also a really tough job if you don't take control of it. I remember I looked at my calendar one day. Well, this is after my best friend had had a birthday party and I had missed it because I was busy working and I felt really bad about it because I hadn't really ever missed one. Um... And he's been an excellent friend and it was a crap thing for me to do. And so I looked at my calendar and I realized 80% of the things on it, if I had my choice, I wouldn't have done. Um, and so I, I'm going to be a little dramatic, but like I felt like I allowed my, my time to be hijacked by other people's priorities. And when you're a rod, you lead a region and you... I would argue should have a good sense of what your priorities are, a good sense of what people in your lane should be doing. And by extension, therefore, a relatively good sense of how you should allocate your time across those priorities. And I felt like I didn't. I felt like 80, 90% of the stuff on my calendar was stuff that I didn't see directly adding value. That were things other people had asked me to be on that I didn't really feel like were necessary. And it made me quite upset with myself because rather than using a time in a way to build relationships with the team members, rather than to put my efforts behind driving initiatives that could have added a lot of value that I believed in and people believed in, I was spending my time sitting on calls that didn't add any value. And, and that was a big aha for me that I had allowed my time, my schedule, my priorities to be hijacked by other people, well-intentioned people, by the way, 
But I hadn't said, you know what? No, I am going to structure my life, my priorities, my time, my job in a way where I can drive business results, clinical results, and continue to develop our team and have them be doing fulfilling, meaningful work more often than not. And I literally made a decision one day um, that I was going to change that. And I gutted my calendar. I talked to the people who had put things on it and said, hey, this four hour meeting, can we do it? Can I join for 30 minutes of it? Right. Or what can I do to add 80 percent of the value and 10 percent of the time? Uh, and so if you look at my calendar today, there are tons of 15 minute blocks. There are tons of, uh, you know, structured blocks for things like growth committee, where people ask for money to do de novos within Avanti that are scheduled all the way out into 2022, because that's what's going to make the business work long term. And those are the things I need to make sure happen like clockwork. So um, when you feel like you don't control how you spend your time, I think that is the first step to becoming intensely demotivated and intensely unfulfilled, because you don't you're not self-directed. You're, you don't control your ability to be effective. And that's tremendously demotivating to me. And when I realized that, it forced me to really rethink how I chose what I spent my time on. Yeah, I'm really, uh, Matt, that overall strategy of, once again, gutting your calendar and just being super clear and intentional around what are you going to put on it. And then I also like the the one strategy you had around, I'm not going to join the four-hour meeting, but I might join for, you know, some amount of that time reminds me of our yes, no, yes strategy we teach yep. around setting boundaries, right? Yes, I'm willing to join your meeting. No, I'm not willing to be there for the whole four hours. Which part of the meeting would be the most powerful and impactful for me to join? Um, yep. You know, and I'm willing to do that. So is there, are there any other tips like that that help you yeah. get your X and Y equation back into balance? If you don't know what's important, you got to seek clarity. I think leaders want to be helpful. And sometimes I've actually embraced like not knowing the answers to things in my career. I'm like, you know, anytime I was like, oh, I'll just go figure this out. Like my bosses wanted to help me. They really did. And, and you know, a lot of times I wouldn't go to them for help because I thought I saw it as a bit of a sign of weakness. But uh, realistically, if if there are people in Avanti that don't know what the priorities are for how they should be spending their time, that's my fault. And I would aggressively advise people aggressively to seek clarity on what's important. Appreciating all of the uh, all the gold you're laying out here, Matt. And uh, I think um, it's also good to, you know, to know that we're all in different places on this journey and wherever yeah. you are is fine. What's most important is to start. Right. But we're, we're at that point in the episode where we ask uh, each of our guests to identify one practical tip that our listeners could go out and do immediately. Um, so what would you suggest people do, teammates do, to manage capacity and prioritize for themselves or for their team? One. Oh, I love when we do one. I'm going to do a 1A and 1B just because <laughs> I think they go together. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I, and, and, and honestly, when I, I really look at this kind of as as uh, one is what is good look like, right? With your with your if you don't know what your priorities are and what good looks like, you must get clarity on that. 
And then two is compare that one A, excuse me. And then one B is compare what good looks like to how you actually empirically spend your time and get really curious about the asymmetry. What you do with that, there are going to be a gazillion schools of thought, right? I have tried to optimize my schedule at times, and that hasn't always worked for me because then I... I become a task rabbit. I just do all the things that need to be done and I feel good, but it kind of drains me of life force. So like how you do it, what you do, it all starts with what does good look like, i.e. what are my priorities? And then how am I actually spending my time and then getting very curious about the asymmetry and then do something about it, right? But it starts with being present to what everybody has is some degree of asymmetry between those things. And that should bring you tremendous dissonance and and thinking about why is this so? Is it because I feel disempowered? Is it because I feel like I don't have control of my schedule? Is it because I wasn't clear until just now what's actually important? Is it because I don't know, but but that's what I would do. And then whatever you choose to do, you can be, read a lot, bunch of stuff about what to do and get a lot of advice, but do something to reduce the asymmetry between those things. Thank you so much, Matt. Really enjoyed chatting with you about this topic today. Uh, really appreciate you taking time out of your your um, <laughs> busy capacity uh, managed plan for your life uh, to be able to have this conversation with us. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Thank you, Grace. Thank you, Doug. Great to see you both. Well, that was a fun discussion with Matt. I really loved his tip at the end. It was like 1A, 1B. <laughs> but just being able to understand first what good looks like. And then and then the second part of that is to really, really look at your calendar, assess where you're spending your time and look for anything that uh, is misaligned or as Matt says, asymmetric, uh, where the asymmetries are. Completely, completely agree, Grace. And, uh, you know, speaking of tips, it's my turn to follow up on the tip from our last episode with Brian Carey on not letting great stand in the way of good enough. And her tip was to time block tasks on my calendar and hold myself accountable to that time. And I, I'm going to I'm going to be I'm going to be transparent with you, Grace. I've I've blocked some time on my calendar and it it has gone well sometimes, and then other times I have gotten distracted or let other things get in the way. But I do feel good that there's at least one very important activity that needs to get done every week that I have now a recurring uh, calendar appointment and block on to make sure that that I'm you know that I'm actually doing it and that I'm not perfecting everything to the nth degree. Um, and letting it get in the way of, of, of other important tasks. So, so it's, it's a work in progress, Grace. It's a work in progress. I'm a work in progress. Yeah, I think we, we all are, Doug, and, and certainly um, appreciate you sharing that story and how you got to keep trying, right? Like just being able to keep going. And if you don't get it right the first time, keep it up and don't, you know, don't let it go before you build the habit. And I just love how Briah's episode connects so well with Matt's episode that we just uh, shared here and such an important thing to do as a leader Absolutely. and as a person to, to manage our capacity. All right. Well, for our listeners, we would love to hear your stories and tips too. So please check out our show notes and click on that listener mail link to find out more about submitting your stories and tips in writing or through a voice message. 
And if you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, please do click that subscribe button so you don't miss any episodes. And if you enjoy these podcasts, go over to iTunes. Just do it. Do it right now. Just click on (laughs) iTunes or our survey link if you're not an iTunes person in the show notes and let us know how we're doing. We we really want to know how we're doing and how can we improve. So with that, I will end with our sacred musketeer cry one for all. All for one. 